This is Meditations for Misfits. I'm Fred Gruy. One of the major lessons I've learned in the years I've worked with dying folks is the power that uh, existential issues have over all of us and how acute they particularly become as we near death. For example, I remember a lady I, I got to meet that I became very fond of named Ruby. Ruby was a 95-year-old feisty little thing, uh, not five foot tall, couldn't have weighed 90 pounds, soaking wet, 80 pounds, something like that. Anyway, she was uh, in her own home. She had raised five generations of family. Her family lovingly called her Bulldog because she was so strong and vibrant. Uh, She didn't really have any physical pain, and these uh, generations of family were lovingly rotating in and out of her home to help provide care for her so she was in her own space. I remember uh, she was also a a devout Presbyterian lady. I think had been an elder at her church for like 50 years or something. So when I came in to meet her, I wasn't there five minutes. And she looked at me and says, why is this taking so long? I'm ready to go. Let's get this over with. I'm tired of sitting here waiting. And I can remember looking at her and I said, Ruby, I've been a Christian minister for most of my adult life. And if there's one thing I've learned, it's this. God is horrible at taking orders. I've tried to teach him. I've screamed. I've yelled. He just seems to show no interest and does whatever he wants whenever he wants. Well, she laughed and and we became friends almost instantly. So her existential issues about wanting to get all this over with sort of dialed down for a little bit. But the next time I came to see her, they were revved right back up again and I wasn't in the house five minutes and she was back into, why is this taking so long? I'm ready to get this over. Let's get this done. And I can remember I looked at her and I said, Ruby, here's the deal. You're dying. That stinks. But as it goes, you're not in pain. You're safe. You're warm. You're in your own bed. And you have loving family members coming in and out to help care for you and make sure you are doing as well as possible. Now, as it goes, that's as good as it gets. So quit your bitching. And she looked at me with this startled look on her face and said, thanks, I needed that. (laughs) Remember, her name was Bulldog. I knew I could talk to her that way. But at any rate, Ruby illustrates for me, as so many have, uh, how we struggle with these deep existential issues. And by that, let me unpack that a little bit for you. When I did my doctoral dissertation, one of my primary sources was an existential psychotherapist named Irvin Yalom, and his thought and teaching has certainly colored my own worldview very deeply. And Yalom says that basically all of us struggle with four big, what he calls, existential issues. Uh, what is the meaning of life is, is one. Another one is... I feel all alone in this universe. That's another existential issue. A third one is how do I struggle with freedom? And by that, I would uh, use the word uncertainty. We have so many uncertainties 
that we have to deal with in life. How do I know who I should marry? What college should I go to? What job should I take? Or in my work as a hospice chaplain, I often see that as should I do the chemotherapy or the radiation? Should I uh, do alternative therapies? Should I accept the surgery? And all of these unknown questions, there's no certainty for. How do we know what to do? How do we know what to choose? And then, of course, the last one and the great one is death. What is the purpose of death? What is death all about? And Yalom, who I say I really like, one of his great mantras was, death saves us. And his point is that the only reason you and I have any possibility of creating meaning for our life is because of death, because we know it's a limited, life is a limited quantity. At some point, this is all going to end. Think of uh, Bill Murray in the, in the movie uh, Groundhog Day, where every day was the same over and over, and he tried to commit suicide. It, 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 would, it drove him crazy. And if you and I lived in a universe or a world where nobody ever got old, we didn't uh, age or die, there'd be no sense of meaning. What's the purpose? Well, I'll do it tomorrow. Who cares? What's the deal? And so the only reason we have a sense of meaning is because at some point, this experience of life is going to end. So those are the four big uh, existential issues that Yalom addresses. Uh, death, isolation, uh, freedom or, or uncertainty, and meaning. And the, and the point is, what the existentialist philosophers say to us is that even in light of these unanswerable questions, you and I are responsible for how we live. We must make choices. I can't blame my life on my parents or my spouse or my teachers or my boss or my kids or whatever or my genetics. I am responsible for this experience of life and how I choose to live it. Now, there's another uh, young Irish quirky little philosopher I like named Peter Rollins, and, and he phrases it this way. He says, we struggle between what we have and what we want. We struggle between who we are and who we want to be, and we struggle between having to make decisions and not really knowing what to do. And now, for many of us, when we try to control this tension of having to make decisions, not knowing what to do, many of us either rely on science or God to sort of make this a more controllable situation and to navigate the uncertainty of it all. And so we look to what does the data say or what does the latest research say so that we can make a well-informed decision on these unanswerable uncertainties that permeate our life. Or on the other extreme, there's people that are very religious that whose mantra would be, well, God said it, I believe it, that settles it. God will tell me what to do. And his point, and I fully agree with this, is that our efforts to control these uncertainties in our life are not only futile, but they help us avoid really living. And that real life is in the messiness, the uncertainty of all of this stuff. So in the years I've been working 
as a hospice chaplain and studying this stuff. Here's the the three things I've sort of come up with. I have for you today, I have bad news, I have good news, and I have better news. We all struggle with these existential issues, and there's no cure for them. That's the bad news. There is no cure. We're going to wrestle with these things until we take our last breath. The good news is that by talking about them and confronting them honestly helps decrease the level of anxiety they they put upon our lives. It, It tones down the scariness of it all, just being able to honestly look at it and talk about these things. And the even better news is that if we can find someone we trust and love that we can talk about these things honestly with, it can actually deepen our relationship with that person and strong, deep relationships is the best medicine for dealing with these issues. Thanks so much for allowing me to join you for these moments on your journey today. And if you'd like to contact me, my email address is fred at fredgruy.com. In closing today, I thought I'd share a beautiful poem written by a Zen master named Kozan, who died in 1360. And he wrote, Empty-handed I entered the world, barefoot I leave it, my coming, my going, two simple happenings that got entangled. <laughs>